Yo, 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 what is good? It's your boy B Moore, joined by my co-host Rustin Stewart. And this is the From New York to the Shop podcast. Russ, what's good, man? Yo, what's good with you, B? How was your Thanksgiving, man? And all that stuff, man. We took a little break, but now we're back. Everything's good on my end. It was good, man. I went to St. Louis. Um, you know, we did a little something different uh, for Thanksgiving this year. So took a family trip uh, to St. Louis uh, and and just kind of chilled, man. Did a little road trip and got a chance to uh, hang out with some of, you know, our friends there in St. Louis. Got up with Heath, DeAndre, uh, my frat brother, Dean. You know, we all just kind of went out and had some drinks, had some good food and um, got a nice little workout in at the boxing gym. Heath gave me some pad work. Nice. And, uh, you know, really just uh, enjoying time with the family. It was nice. You know, went to a outlet mall with my moms and, you know, she did a little bit of shopping and stuff like that. So it, it was nice to, you know, take a nice little road trip with the fam. You know what I'm saying? That's good, man. How is Heath on the pad work, man? I see videos on the gram of him doing pad work, but I've never, you know, done any pad work with Heath. So how was he? Heath is good on the pad work, man, especially because that was my first time working with him. He, he's yeah. he's good on the pad work. I was surprised because I hadn't done pad work in years, man. It's been years since I've really done right. pad work. Um, I used to train with my uh, my trainer, Malik. Uh, shout out to Malik, brother minister. And uh, it had been a minute. Uh, so he, his instruction to get me up to speed, back up to speed was like really good. Um, and I was struggling though, man, you know, I went five rounds, but the thing about me is I, I box uh, Southpaw and Orthodox. So the thing that saves me mm -hmm. is I was able to switch back and forth between stances. Mm -hmm. But if I had to do, mm -hmm. uh, if I had to have done five rounds on one stance, I don't think I would have made it because my arms were tired, man, <laughs> tired. I bet, I bet. What you do, what you guys do, three minute rounds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did uh with five three minute rounds on the pad work. So five three so, minute uh, rounds. That's what's up, man. Okay, I'm gonna have to check yeah. out Heath's skills on the pad work, man. Yeah, but that was after I've done. That was after I did seven rounds on my own on the bag too, and and in a workout. So oh, the pad wow. work was last. So I had, I had already done the full workout. So yeah, I was I was struggling at the end. So uh, good trip to St. Louis, man. What'd you end up doing? Oh, man, I went up to New York, man. I originally was only going to be up in New York for like six days. But then, you know, um, me and my friend had been me and my friend, me and my brother had been going to a family's Thanksgiving as one of his close friends. We go over to his sister's house and it's a nice group, man. They're up in White, Plan White Plains, New York, man. So it's like a 45 minute um, train ride on the Long Island Railroad, man, went up there, good company. It was about nine, 10 of us. The food's amazing and it was good, man. So I'm glad I extended my trip up in New York and did that because it was uh, good to be around, uh, around people, you know, absolutely. people that you actually like and, and have a good time with, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes the holiday special. So, um, yeah, man, let's get into our first topic. Russ, what we got? Yeah, man. So speaking of it, man, you know, I tell you an interesting fact, B. I don't know if you know this, but I haven't been home for Thanksgiving in 17 years. So what? I haven't. I did not know that. I yeah. had no idea. That's I, crazy. It's crazy, man. Like people always ask if I'm going home for Thanksgiving and I tell them no. And they look at me like I have two heads. 
And then I'm always like, it's so close to Christmas and my mom would rather have me home and my dad would rather have me home for Christmas than Thanksgiving. So, you know, Thanksgiving is one of those holidays I just have to skip, man. So, you know, every year I go into it and I'm like, yo, I'm going to do both. I'm going to go home for Thanksgiving and then I'm going to go home for Christmas. But you have to plan accordingly, man. And I'm not thinking about Thanksgiving in June. You know, that's probably when I should buy the ticket. But uh, yeah, man. So it just makes me think like I live in New York City. I've been living there for 17 years. I'm away from my family and I love living in New York, B. But sometimes I think, you know, when the future happens and my mom and dad are no longer with us, will I regret living so far away? You know, right mm-hmm. now it's just like I. I I, I just can't see myself living in Kansas City, Missouri, man. <laughs> you know? Right, right. But you, on the other hand, are living in your hometown and you get to see, you know, your mother and your grandmother rest rest in peace to her and your your family, like, all the time. It's just a drive away. So I just wanted to kind of, like, bring up the, the negatives of living at home, where your parents mm-hmm. are and your family are, and then, you know, the, the negatives about living away, you know, and vice versa. Yeah, for me, I don't think there are any negatives to living at home. Um, That's a good thing, you know, because a lot of people would say, we got to get really? away from my crazy ass, nosy ass family. So that's yeah. good. Yeah, now I don't think there are any negatives, but you know, I almost was in this situation because uh, I don't know a lot of people, I mean, you know, I, um, but I don't know how many people know, like right before COVID hit, you know, I was, I was about to move to LA, you know, I, you know, right. had, had, you know, was talking to some stations out there and, you know, really was, was preparing, you know, to make that move, you know, out to Los Angeles. But then COVID hit, then my grandmother got sick and, you know, it just wasn't really, um, it was no longer like the the right time to do it. Uh, But I was weighing all of those things. I was weighing, you know, living away from my family and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, so I, I, I was preparing for that. I was preparing for, not necessarily being able to spend Christmas and, you know, being able to do Thanksgiving and being able to really just kind of get into a car and just drive to see my family. So I didn't do it. And I haven't had that experience, honestly, since college. I've always pretty much lived in Chicago. Even my first job uh, was in Rockford, Illinois, which was an hour and a half away. Uh, And I still drove home every other week. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I think you're a better person to speak to that. So what do you think are the, the, the pros and the cons of living away? Because I really don't have the experience with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, the pros, the pros be is this, that I've grown so much from moving away from Kansas City, Missouri, and I've seen so much and I've, you know, ate so many different foods. I mean, of course, I moved to New York City, like the best like melting pot in the world, you know, so I'm getting exposed to a whole bunch of different type of people, cultures. I'm learning how to navigate and hustle in this this new city. Uh, I feel that everybody in their life at some point should live in New York City. You know, you don't have to live there for 17 years like myself, but just to kind of experience the energy and that fast paced life. Um, I, I like living away because 
I started a brand new life away, you know, met new friends, you know, had like different jobs and experienced New York. Um, I don't really feel the only negative is just I'm not seeing my parents on a regular. You know, mm-hmm. I see I go home to Kansas City uh, probably like two to three times a year. And I was only spending maybe like five or six days at home and then coming back to New York. 2020 was different because, you know, everything was virtual. So 2020, I spent the most time at home. I spent probably like all in all over the whole year, like two months at home. And it was it was nice, man. I I think I went home one time in the summertime for three weeks and then I went home for my parents 50th anniversary and I spent uh, a week and then I came home for Christmas and spent like another three weeks. So um, that was nice. You know, that was nice. But I like the the fact of if, if they lived in New York City or maybe even Chicago, B, I would have probably stayed. But I just did not want to make a a life in Kansas City, Missouri. I was just over it. Yeah, I mean, speaking of, uh, you say everybody should live in New York City at least one time in their life. I should have took you, there was a time, I think I was around 27. Mm -hmm. I was around 27 and there was a time I was having a tough time in Chicago and you told me I could come out there and live for like, because I was contemplating moving to New York. Mm-hmm, I and remember that. You told me I could come out there. I could stay on your couch for a little bit till I got my own place and all of that kind of stuff. Yep. I should have done it. I should have at least come, even if it was just for a year or so. Right. But, you know, I was thinking about my future. I didn't realize at 27 just how young that is. I was yeah. thinking, I got to grind. I got to grind. I got to grind. But looking, looking back on it, like it would have been nothing for me to come out there for like a year and just live in New York City just to get that experience, you know? So I wish I would have done it. Um, I just, you know, cause you never know what could have transpired, but yeah, I, that, that is one regret that I think I do have that I didn't uh, move to New York uh, when I did kind of had that chance when I was, you know, in my late twenties because yeah. um, now New York is such a fast paced lifestyle if I move anywhere, it's going to be West Coast. I'm, right. I'm not moving to, you got to have a lot of energy to live in New York. You know, the the the, the hustle and the hustle and flow of the city and, and just the energy. And even though I love it to visit, that's just not where I want to be at this point in my life. You know, mm-hmm. I, I need to be able to hop in my car and go wherever I need to go. So you know? it's interesting that you say that, B, because that was a big factor on me moving to New York City. It had to be right after college, man. I could not go back to Kansas City, get a good job, get a nice car, get a nice apartment, and then move to New York City. I'm like, oh, hell no. Nah. Now I got to have a roommate, live in a small ass apartment. I have to get rid of my car. So what I did was I went from college, graduated college, and then where I was used to having a roommate, used to not really having a lot of money. So I was like, let me just do this shit in New York. Let me become a man in New York City. So yeah, I totally get that part of not wanting to give up, not wanting to give up your like luxuries to move to New York City because, you know, as you know, <clears throat> it's not an easy city. But but it, it helped that you love New York City though too. Yeah. And the other thing is you got to have energy to be broke, man. It takes energy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It like really you, takes energy. You need energy to be broke. Uh, and it's cool because when you're young, you got a lot of energy. Right. I've seen every apartment that you've had, you know, in you New have. York City. I, I remember you when have. you started off, your first apartment was in Park Slope, right? Yep. 
Yep. And then the second one, you were in bed sty. Right. No, I just it. I met I messed up. I remember that, but it, that was a big apartment. That, that was, was a, a big huge room. apartment, man. And it had like this big picture of Bobby Digital on it, like <laughs> on, on one of the walls. Uh the third one was no, I think the third one was it was this one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've only lived three. in three apartments. I've been really lucky right. and blessed, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I remember, I, I remember from Park Slope to to, to Crown Heights to, to Bed Stuy. So, yeah, man. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Living away from home is a totally different dynamic than than being home. And uh, I've just never, I've never had to experience that. But I'm sure at some point I probably will because I, like I said, I I like warmer weather, and I know at some point I probably you know, will transition to a place that has warmer weather. After college, B, were you interested in moving to a different city or was you just all the way Chicago? I was just trying to get a job. No, I was just trying to get a job. I would have moved wherever. Like I would, I applied to jobs in Texas. I applied to jobs in California. Uh, My first job, I had applied to a job uh, that I actually got in Utica, New York. Oh, wow. Um, You would have froze your ass off up there. (laughs) They were trying to pay me $17,000 a year and my mom wouldn't let me take it. She oh, was yeah. like, there's no way I can let you go that far away making that little amount of money. You know, yeah. so she she wouldn't let me take that job. But I was willing to move absolutely anywhere to get a job. It just so happened that uh, I did, after a year of searching and not getting a job, I came back home. And then within two weeks, um, you know, I, li- I lived home for like two weeks and I was like, I can't take this no more. I, I literally put on my best suit. I got in my car. I drove to any station that I could in, in Illinois. And the first one was Rockford. I walked in, asked to see the news director, handed him my resume tape. He called me back the next day and wow. I had a job. <laughs> you know, wow. so it, a, a year of looking for a job and then you go home next. And I had a job like in, in a week, in a couple of weeks. So how far, yeah. how far is that from uh, Chicago? B? An hour and a half. Rockford's hour an hour and, and, and a half away. Okay. Yeah. It's an hour and a half away. That's the same distance that uh, was away from uh, Columbia, Missouri when from my parents to Columbia was an hour and a half. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But let's transition, man. There, there was a, uh, a lot. So we've been gone for a couple of weeks. So it's a lot of things that have happened. And, and one of the things that did happen um, was the, the trial of uh, a very controversial trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, you know, unless you were living under a rock. I mean, everyone pretty much knows what happened. Even you Kyle. heard about this one, B. Because... You worked on it, right? Yeah, I was actually there covering it for the verdict. I was I was there on the courthouse steps when the verdict came out. Wow. So So you uh, went to Kenosha, Wisconsin. How far is that from Chicago? uh, It's about an hour and 45 minutes or so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So on August 25th of uh, last year, um, 17 year old Kyle Rittenhouse, who is not even from Kenosha, Wisconsin. He's from Antioch, Illinois. Uh, fatally shot and killed two men and wounded another one. Uh, so this was in response to the riots and the civil unrest that was going on in Kenosha um, in response to the Jacob Blake shooting. And, you know, this kid crossed state lines with the AR-15 AR rifle and, um, you know, shot these three people. Uh, and he, he said he did it in self-defense. Uh I, you know, I will just go ahead and say it the way I, you know, tell it the way I think it is. Um, 
had he been a black man walking with an AR-15 and killed, you know, shot three people, killed two, I think it would have been a pretty much open and shut case. Uh, with him standing, being dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but standing on those courthouse steps, once again, getting a verdict of a white man in America being found not guilty of killing uh, two people. Uh, it, it's just a reminder of the way the criminal justice system is uh it, it, it leans in favor of those who are not black and brown. And mm-hmm. I think at this point in America, if you and if you're an American citizen, especially if you're black or brown in America, I think if you're surprised anymore at this point, shame on you. You know what I'm saying? Like I, it's to the point to where I'm not even surprised right. when there, these injustices happen anymore. Um, I am still disappointed. I haven't gotten callous to the point to where I'm no longer disappointed. So like when I heard the verdict and it was not guilty, you know, my heart still kind of sank and I was like, ah, oh, you know, but like I wasn't surprised anymore. And, and it's just, it, it, it's almost, it, it, it's, a, it's a shame that we've gotten to the point to where something like this can happen, which is like literally so blatant, it's so obviously wrong, but it, it never really it never really works out in our favor. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and it's just, you know, it, I'm not, I was not surprised. So, um, obviously I feel like he should have been convicted on at least some of the charge. You know, there were many charges that he was convicted, that he was uh, brought to trial on him. And there were even two that the judge threw out, you know, which was like curfew and, you know, obviously open and shut cases, but the judge threw them out. And uh, it's just unfortunate. So, you know, that that's all I have to say about it. Russ, what do you think? Well, speaking on the judge, man, I mean, from the start, you could tell that this judge was that he needed to be replaced. I, I had a lot of issues with the judge, you know, with him saying that these people that were killed weren't victims and they were looters or uh, rioters. Uh, just that verbiage from the judge saying that and then how the judge would just kind of like kind of favor Cal uh, Rittenhouse when he was on the stands stand and he did that emotional fake like cry and looking over at the jury to see if they were watching and then looking over to the judge like I wish the judge would have said get it together take a couple of minutes and continue, but he went into recess and that was the end of him being on the stand. So I watched a lot of like analysts and law experts on CNN after the verdict. And, you know, they really said that according to the law, right, this was going to be a hard case for the, the prosecution to win. But what 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 happens is, and I get that I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know everything, and I know it's hard to prove some things, but it's just a big difference between how we're treated in the court system versus how a white person is treated in the court system, because we wouldn't ever have gotten to court, B, like you said earlier, we would have been shot dead in the streets, 
You know, we can't even protest in a peaceful manner without getting, you know, killed or shot at, you know, and for this guy to just be walking down the street with the AR-15 and and kill two people like and then the thing about America be would really kind of saddens me, man, big time is that this guy is probably going to turn into a little celebrity. He's going to be the walking spoke uh, poster child for Republicans in the NRA because they're like, see, you got to protect yourself. Mr. Wittenhouse, he protected himself. And that's why we love Wittenhouse, you know, so it's just it's really effed up. And like and I was second what you said. I'm not surprised by any of these uh, verdicts. And I really feel like, you know, we shouldn't go crazy and celebrate when they are convicted, which is rarely rarer that it happens. Like when the uh, George Floyd uh, cop got convicted, like we celebrated that, like. Like this is supposed to happen, <laughs> like, yo, he had his his knee on his neck for like nine minutes. So it's it's tough being a black man in America, man. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, again, you know, they're, they're seemingly open and shut cases, but, you know, they never are. And, uh, you know, I, I think you just have to appreciate the small wins when you get them because they are so few and far between. Um, you know, I remember one day when when Lovey Smith was the coach of the Bears like years ago and, you know, the Bears, they beat somebody who they were supposed to beat. And, you know, one of the reporters asked him, you know, um, you know, but is this a real victory? Because, you know, you were supposed to beat them. And he was just like, you know, it's too hard to win in the National Football League, you know, to under, you know, to, to not appreciate any victory. And that's kind of how I feel about, you know, being black in America, like any victory that you get is mm-hmm. too, it's so hard to get victories. It's so hard to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In in this world, you know, I, I think we do have to appreciate uh, every victory that we do get because they are so um, few, far and few and far. Yeah, far and few between. So, uh, yeah, man. So just wanted to to touch on that. Uh, so kind of moving on to a lighter topic, you know, what what, what else are we talking about, Russ? Oh, uh, man, you know what time of the year, time of year it is, man. You know, it's the we most just wonderful spoke. time of the year. Oh, are you it's one of those? Be? Wonderful time of the year. Oh, you got a little voice here. I see. You don't want me to do it, man, because we would lose listeners, man. We're trying to gain listeners. We would lose listeners. But um, yeah, man, the holiday season, man, the holiday season is upon us. It's kind of weird for me because, B, this is my first time in warm climate around the holidays, man. So, you know, today was 78 degrees. I was outside in a t-shirt and some shorts playing tennis with Layla. So, uh, yeah, man, I just wanted to kind of see what your plans are for the holidays, man. If you a holiday person, if you are a, uh, uh, a Scrooge. No, I'm not a Scrooge. Uh, I, I do like the holidays. Out of all the holidays, Christmas would be my favorite holiday. Yeah. I've always enjoyed Christmas. Uh, I don't enjoy the cold weather. Um, but let me let me ask you though: Do they do they still do Christmas trees and lights mm-hmm. and stuff like that? And yeah. really, yeah, that's what. So they do lights and everything, even when it's warm outside. Yeah, I mean, it still gets dark. And <laughs> so, people have Christmas trees too, huh? Yeah, they still do Christmas trees, and they put up uh, decorations like snow decorations. Though uh, I've seen some Christmas trees up. And I've seen some lights up, but I haven't seen like any light, 
like snowman or anything like that. Okay. I don't think they really okay. do that, but they definitely right. put up a Christmas tree and they put up lights and, you know, it's festive. It's just kind of tough to, you know, kind of really believe that it's, it's Christmas time, especially when yeah. all my life I've always been in, in cold climate during the holidays, man. So uh, this yeah, is going to definitely Christmas be is, interesting. Yeah, because I think Christmas is that only holiday that you absolutely associate with being cold. Yeah. Because like Thanksgiving is not always cold. Right. You know, you can get New a 60 degree, 60 degree right. day in Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. New Year's Eve, you know, that's usually cold, but that's just depending on like where you are, I guess, you know what I'm saying? But like, right. you don't necessarily associate New Year's Eve with cold weather, but like Christmas, you know, the whole white Christmas and all of that kind of stuff, you know? So yeah, that, that is different. Uh, I, I do like Christmas. Um, obviously Christmas is going to be different this year, you know, for a number of reasons, but, um, you know, still def I got my little Charlie Brown Christmas tree up. I got my little <laughs> stocking on my door and then the reef on the other entrance. And, uh, do so you yeah, buy man. a fresh tree B or do you have an artificial? I got the fake tree, man. I got the, I got the yeah. little Charlie Brown Christmas tree, got the lights already on it. And, you know, I just throw it up and, and I'm happy. Nice. I'm happy with that. It's easy. And is there a certain time of year you throw it up, B? Man, I feel like you cannot. I feel like you are not allowed to put up Christmas directions, uh, the Christmas directions, Christmas decorations until after Thanksgiving, man. You have to wait. I don't okay. care if it's like 1201. You have to mm -hmm. wait until after Thanksgiving to put up your Christmas decorations. You know, somebody told me the other day that they had their decorations up, you know, at Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Let's gotta, get through Halloween first. I, you know, you gotta wait. I gotta wait, right? <laughs> get, get through Thanksgiving. Yeah, you gotta wait, man. Like, it was like when I was growing up, man, my dad would bring out, you know, so, so fond memories. My dad would bring, bring out this beat up box that looks like it's seen its last day with the fake tree in it and drag it up the steps and he'd be out in the middle of the floor putting the tree up but it would be always after thanksgiving man yeah 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 so uh so what are you gonna are you excited about the first christmas and uh in miami this year yeah i'm excited mom and ryan are coming down for christmas so okay uh i won't say my mom's age nor will i say my brother's age because i don't want them coming for me but let's just say their whole life has spent has been spent in the cold during Christmas and my whole life. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Three Missourians down in New York. I mean, not New York, Miami having like a 78 degree day on Christmas, man. So, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting but fun experience, man. I wish that my dad could come down, but, you know, he's in a nursing home, so he won't be able to make that trip. But uh, it's going to be good to to be with my mom and my brother and and do this Miami thing, you know. So when is the best weather in Miami? Because, you know, I always come in the summertime. Yeah. And it, it's always humid and it rains all the time. You know, when is the best time to come to Miami? They say pretty much from, I guess, mid-October to late October to April is like perfect weather. 
It's not raining all the time. It's not humid. It's kind of like a nice, pleasant 75 to 80 degree day. So those those summer days were really tough for me, B, because I moved down here in May and I went through the summer down here in Miami. And I, man, the humidity almost like took me out, man. But now, like I went to go play tennis this morning and it was a nice 77 degree day. It wasn't humid, uh, clear skin clear skies. It was awesome, man. So I think this is when I'm really going to fall in love with this Miami lifestyle, man. Did you, did you uh, pick up tennis, Rush? You playing you tennis You know what, now? man? Did you, did I've you always, sport? I always wanted to learn tennis, man. And that's one of my mom's regrets is that she didn't put me in tennis lessons when I was a kid. Cause I think that I could have been really good at it. Like getting paid for it. But I've always wanted to learn. Layla just started taking um, tennis lessons. So uh, she's going to get me, um, she's going to introduce me to her her instructor, probably get a couple of sessions a week with him. And it's so frustrating, though, man, playing a sport that you're just not good at because, you know, we're athletes and we can pick up things pretty quick. But, you know, with, with tennis, with boxing, it's so technical, man, that there's a lot that goes into it, man. And these professionals, when you watch a tennis match or you watch a boxing match, it's like, oh, I can do this. This is easy. No, because they're just that good. They make things that are challenging really easy, (laughs) look really easy. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, just recently, uh, just the other day, just this week, I watched King Richard. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you watch King w- Will Smith and, you know, the story of, you know, Venus and Serena Williams, their dad? And uh, I thought it was well done, man. You know, really? I, it, I haven't it, seen it. Let me say that. I'm a go- you haven't seen it? I it's seen amazing. It it's it's really, really, really good. I'm a, I'm a Will Smith fan. Yeah. Okay. I'll just put that out there. I love Will Smith. Anything with Will Smith in it, I will watch. However... He's not the best. I think Will Smith is a good actor. I don't think right. he's the. I don't think he's a great actor when he has to try to be someone else. Like yeah. you know, like when he, we played Muhammad Ali. You know, that was Will Smith trying to be like Muhammad Ali. Right. You know, same thing with like you know he was Will Smith trying to be Serena and Venus Williams' father. You know, right. but when he does his own thing, where he doesn't have to be another person. Right. You know, um, I think he's great. Um. But I think that it was a great movie. Who, whoever has not seen it, check it out. Um, also, Russ, on Netflix, did you say you have Netflix or no? Yeah, I do. Did you watch Kevin Hart's True Story with him and Wesley Snipes? No, I saw I saw Russ, a little trailer on that last night. The minute we get off of this podcast, I don't know what you got to do, but when you finish doing that, turn on Netflix. Uh-huh. It's a limited series. I think it's seven episodes. Okay. It's a series. Uh, it is not, I was thinking it was like, it's cause, cause it's called true story. I was thinking it was like about Kevin Hart's life. No, it's, it's an actual TV show. He's playing someone else, even though there it's similar to his life. Cause he is playing a comedian. Oh, uh, yeah. Like Wesley Snipes is his brother mm-hmm. and it's dark. It's not a comedy. It is yeah. dark. I kind of got and that will, from the trailer. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, and cause I've said this on this show. I love Kevin Hart as a comedian. Don't love him as an actor. He's getting better I'll, though. This was his best acting performance. He did. He shined, and this was it. True story for people who have not checked it out. It's dark. It is a now it starts a little slow. You know, it's seven episodes, I think. Um, and you know, but once you get to like that fourth episode, it really gets going. It really starts rolling. So, um, have you watched the uh, whole series? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. 
It's good. It's great. It's great. I really enjoyed it. So, um, so yeah, man, you know, so I I just want to say something more about Kevin, Kevin Hart. I'm looking at his movies, but the upside was pretty good. I think that was one of his, his best. I haven't seen the one that you just mentioned yet, but the upside with Brian Cranston was good too, where I saw a different side of Kevin Hart and I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. I liked him in The Wedding Singer. I I, I figured I the upside was going to be... The, that's a good one. I figured the uh, upside was going to be good, but just because it was dealing with a guy who was like a quadriplegic, you know, like it just... I just hate seeing sad things like that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I just didn't watch it because I, I could feel it was going to be kind of like a heavy kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't watch that you one. Should, you should check it out. Just because he's is a paraplegic okay? doesn't mean that it's going to be sad. Be like, it's very inspiring. Was he para or quadra? Quadra. Was he, para? he was quadriplegic. Right, qua- yeah. Right, yeah. So just I hate mean, watching stuff like that because I, I just hate, you know, to, to just be able to see someone who just can't move at all. It just really kind of hurts my heart a little bit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I see what you're saying. It's worth watching. It's, it's, worth, it's worth watching because it's inspiring man and they and they develop a really special friendship man so um i i definitely and it's a true story too so i definitely feel like you should check it out cool cool all right well russ well thank you uh for that recommendation i will check that out you definitely got to check out um the true story and and what else did i do And, and and king richard check that out and uh you let me know okay what you think um and uh, for people who uh, want to support the show, Russ, what should they do? They should subscribe, you know, so just go ahead and just, just subscribe on all platforms. Help us out, you know, keep the show going. I know you guys are out there listening to us and supporting us, um, but it's just nice to see, you know, you know, the calls and, and the subscriptions going up. So if they could subscribe, tell a couple of friends, me and B would really appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, We certainly do. All right, guys, this has been another episode of the From New York to the Shop podcast. Uh, Guys, have a great week. We love you. As we always say, peace and blessings. Peace and blessings, y'all. Brother, fresh off quarantine. Polish up the whip and I hit the scene. Wrist is shining, perfect timing. And the days is clean. The city open now. So what a brother gonna do now? Enjoy this summer in the city. I'm finna show you how. It's been so long since I've been stuck in the crib. And I'm so tired of being alone up in this home where I live. All my parent friends exhausted. Man, thank God I ain't got kids. Cause they crying now for